At Kroger, we believe it takes the right team to bring you the freshest produce. That's why we partner with farmers who grow only the best. And that level of teamwork means better, fresher options time and time again. Working with farmers is what it takes to be fresh for everyone. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone. A place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. And we're coming to you tonight around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and Canadian News Network. Now, if you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And um, let me see here. For the broadcast schedule of the Exxon Radio Show on the Exxon Broadcast Network, just go to www.xzbn.net. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Ashonda Murillo, and uh, she's a single mom that's divorced. And let me see, she uh, she's also a very, she writes a lot. She has a lot of uh, Kindle books up on, on Amazon, and uh, she also has a degree in demonology and cryptozoology and i believe that's from the just a second here the western university of new mexico and she also has an associate degree and uh, she also runs two non-profits and we're going to be talking to her about those a little later on but we're going to talk to her this segment of the show and the first part about hauntings things that go bump in the night and much more because she is with the lunatic uh Shonda, why don't you tell us the name of your 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 organization? It's Lunatic Divine Paranormal Investigations. Why the name Lunatic? Um, well, okay, so when I've been interested in ghost hunting and we decided I decided to do my own company. Mm-hmm. Um I started talking to somebody and they actually Kind of use the name lunatic in their name, and he—it's kind of like my hidden person that helps me out over here and there. Um, so we kind of just came up with that. Okay, now uh, when did you guys uh, first start? And uh, tell us about your organization. 
Okay. Um, well, we've been going for many years. Mm -hmm. um, we just recently started, you know, with putting everything together. Um, it, around 2011, 2000, you know, up until 2017 is when we started getting going more. Um, you know, we, we're nonprofit, so we don't charge for our services. Um, and we help people try to find out what's going on either in their homes, their businesses, wherever they need us to go. Now, what, what brought you into doing paranormal investigations? What was it in your life that happened that kind of was the catalyst for you to do what you're doing today? Um, well, when I was younger, mm -hmm. um, I had a sense of whenever things would happen before they would happen. It was really weird. Um. I wasn't sure what was going on. My grandmother told me that I probably got her ability. My grandmother was a psychic. So she told me, you probably got my ability. Um, and then whenever I would tell her, oh, well, I'm hearing this person talking to me, but they're not there. Like, I can't see them. Um, she told me that I was probably going to be a medium. And I would be able to hear that weren't there. But she would help mm -hmm. me figure out how to go around it not seem crazy. And did she? She did. And, um, you know, the house I lived in when I was growing up was, I, I have to say it was haunted. Um, there were things that just could not be explained. What is the strangest uh, thing that you and your group has come across in the years that you've been doing the investigations? Hmm, the strangest? Yeah. It's kind of hard because they're all different, unique cases. Um, we've, you know, um, I, I'd have to say one of the strangest that we weren't quite prepared for was being called out to a home. They were hearing noises around their house. They weren't sure what was going on. They were seeing things on their cameras that couldn't be explained. Mm -hmm. So we went out, um, we did our investigation. We set up our equipment and some of the things that we had seen were, not normal that you would normally see. Um, we ended up realizing that it was an animal that was actually going around her property. Um, she moved, and we have yet to catch that type of animal that was there. We haven't been able to catch it lately, so we don't know if it has gone away or if it's still there. Now, when you say caught the animal, is, is this a... A living animal, or is this a, a, a specter of an animal? Um, no, this was actually a living animal. Um, okay. And, you know, we tried to catch, we don't try to catch them. We try to catch them on film because it's easier and it doesn't hurt anybody. And that's what we try to do. How many investigations uh, do you average a year? Um, it depends. We, we do a lot of local. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes we do up to, you know, 10, 15, sometimes more around October is when we start getting a lot more calls in. And how many people are there in the lunatic, divine, ghost hunting, paranormal investigations? I have eight. How did you guys meet? We're all family. Ah, so it's a family organization? We are. Um, we do have one other person that's, you know, just started to help mm -hmm. us. They're not family, but, you know, family's not blood, so we kind of keep it all as a family. 
So how did you people get training to do what you're doing? Um, a lot of it was play by ear and we did our own little thing and then we watched, you know, the shows that would come out on TV and mm -hmm. decided, hey, let's try that. And we would try it and we came together, we got our equipment, um, you know, there's, there's not really a class that you can go to for ghost hunting. Tell me about your, your, your degrees in demonology and your degree in cryptozoology. Okay, those were by a fluke. <laughs> um, a fluke? I was, yeah, well, when I was going to school, mm -hmm. um, I was actually going to school for criminal justice. Um, and I needed extra classes. And so I started, well, let's see what this is about. And so I started doing the demonology class. And I, I really liked it. And I figured, hey, you know, I can learn more what I need to know. And I just continued it until I got my degree. And then um, the professor said, well, you know, we have this other class. You might be interested in it, too. And so I took it and finished my degree in that as well. Now, now I'm kind of confused here because you sent us certificates. Yes, and they're certificate degrees. They don't have a diploma in the degree. Oh, I, I see. Um, and that was from, uh, where was that from, Craig? Western University of New Mexico, right? Yes. Okay. How long did these courses take you? Two years. And what, what did you learn? Well, let's, take, let's take demonology first. Tell us what you learned and how you apply it to the investigations well, that you do in today. In the demonology class, you learned a lot about religion. Mm-hmm. And you learned about different types of religion and different beliefs that you may have. Um, and you learned about, like, if you were to go in a place, what would be a sign if there was a demon there? Okay. What would be a sign that there's a demon there? Um, smells. Um, you would smell sulfur. Okay. Um, you would smell, it would be strong, like, almost decaying smells. Why, why sulfur? Um, sulfur is considered part like, almost like hell. Um, and it's something they leave behind because they've actually came from hell. So do you think that based on, based on the experience that you have and based on what you learned, uh, how would one's religious philosophies work in a case? For example, if somebody doesn't believe in heaven or hell, would they also have the same demonic experience as somebody who did believe in heaven and hell? I would have to say no, because it's it based on the person. Like some people, they could have a demon there and they would never even know it hmm. because they don't want, they don't recognize it. Um, and we've had a, a few cases like that. They just, they don't want to believe anything and they're like, well, I don't believe in that. And they never saw it. Whereas somebody else in their, their house mm -hmm. who was religious or whatever would be like, no, this is what's going on. And we've ran into a couple cases like that. All right. So let, let, help me understand here. If I don't believe in demons, I'm not going to have the demonic experience. But if I do believe in demons, then I'm going to have the demonic experience. Um, not necessarily. I mean, you would. You would probably experience it, but you probably mm -hmm. wouldn't realize that that's what was going on. To you, it would probably be something different. So what kind of physical manifestations would the person who is under the demonic attack show? 
Um, they can go through hallucinations, seeing things that aren't there. Mm -hmm. um, they can feel like something is touching them, uh, burning their skin. They could get really sick. Mm -hmm. um, it's just it's a number of things. Aren't you afraid when you go into a place that may have a demon in it that you and your team may be subjected to it as well as targeted by it? Sometimes. Um, I'm, I mean, I can't really say I'm scared of them because I've dealt with them before. So I, I can't really say I'm scared of them. Um, I take it as it comes. It's, you know, I, I know my where my faith is. And I know that for me to go into a place with what I believe, I know I will be okay. How do you prepare yourself for going into an establishment or into a residence where you believe, based on the information that you've been given by the, the people who reside there, that there may in fact be a demonic uh, presence there? Well, in those type of cases, we will we'll meet as a group. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll talk to each individual, you know, okay, this is what we think is there. This is what could possibly happen. Um, are you ready to take on this responsibility for what you, what you bring to the team? And if they're all for it, then we all go, um, before we even go in there, we, we do our own little prayers, mm -hmm. um, for, you know, whatever religion it is that we believe in and we go in. And we do it, we're, we're very, you know, whenever we go into something like that, we always check on every member, make sure they're okay, if they felt anything, if it gets to a point where, you know, one of our members is, I, I can't breathe, I can't, I, I, I just, I can't, we'll pull them from the scene, um, and they won't further go on further with the investigation, it'll be the rest of us. How long does it take to do an investigation that has a demonic uh, presence in it? I would say more than one visit. Um, and that's only so that we can verify that that's mm -hmm. what it is. Sometimes you get it right away and you know exactly what it is. Other times it may take one or two visits, sometimes maybe three to figure it out. And once you and your team establish that there is in fact a demonic presence, what do you do? We will talk to our client and we will go over whatever next step it is sometimes they want us to bless the house to see if that'll take the demon away mm -hmm. um we are able to do that um if they want a priest to do it then you know we we normally will find out what their religion is and we will talk to whichever priest is in that religion all right stand by my dear you and i have to take our first commercial break and exonation okay. our guest this hour is shonda marillo and uh, she is with lunatic divine ghost hunting slash paranormal investigations their website is lunatic g divine ghost hunting dot weebly dot com and we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the exxon with yours truly rob mcconnell don't go away
great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. everyone Shonda Morello is our special guest this hour she is with lunatic divine ghost hunting paranormal investigations and I believe they're in Silver City New Mexico am I correct no I'm in Berlin Berlin I'm sorry um how far is Berlin from Silver City uh, about four hours, four, five depends on which way you go it can be anywhere from four hours to six hours my gosh okay big state <laughs> New Mexico all right so so we were talking about uh when you and your team go into a residence where there's the possibility of a demonic presence, you and your team, uh, along with the owners of the house or whoever is in charge of the house, agree that, yes, there is something there. They want it to go. Um, we, um, let's see, you were saying that if, if necessary, based on their religious beliefs, they could bring, you could get a, a priest or another member of the clergy to come in to try and clear the house. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. Now, I understand uh, that, that you yourself are an ordained minister. I am. Why couldn't you do it? I could do it. Oh, I see. Um, I just prefer, I prefer to ask the client what they prefer. Some of them are very, very religious. And, yeah. you know, you have some that, for instance, are Catholic. And mm -hmm. they don't believe in any other ordained minister to do it. It has to be a Catholic priest. We so see I on, don't want to step on their beliefs. Well, so that's, that's, that's why respectful. I ask them. That's very respectful. Um, we see on TV that, for example, in The Exorcist, that movie that scared the hell out of a lot of people way back when. Uh, you know, Linda Blair spewing out uh, pea soup and spinning her head around. Uh, they used holy water. What is the effect of holy water on a demon? It burns them. Why? Because it's blessed by oh. by God um, in their belief. It's... Um, it's a blessed water. It's almost, it, it's almost like acid to a demon. Hmm. Um, it can burn them. What else, what other, uh, what other weapons do you have in your arsenals to, to expel these nasty demons? Uh, we use salt. Um, I use a lot of salt, actually. Hmm. I, I um, used to use a lot of salt too, but my doc, my doctor said I had to cut it out. <laughs> um, I use it a different way, though. Oh, okay. Um, 
but I, I, I use salt. Um, we've, we have holy water. Um, we have a different mixture. It's not, we don't consider it holy water because it's mixed with herbs and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and so we can use that. Um, we can do candle magic mm-hmm. um, to try to help. We use sage. I have like four different types of sage. Um, we can use sage. Um, and, you know, there's also the, a lot of people believe in like medallions, um, like the Christopher St. Michael's medallion. Um, we sometimes carry those as well and give those to our clients. You just brought up a question here. Since you can use these medallions and because they represent angels as well as the deities of Christianity, could you not call angels down to help you expel the demons? Calling an angel is kind of tricky. Um, you, I mean, you can, I can say, yeah, you can do that. Um, whether or not one actually shows up is a different story. I see. Um, being honest, mm-hmm. I'm not sure in my own, if you can, um, I mean, it, it would be believe on your beliefs. I mm-hmm. mean, if you believe that, that, you know, you can do that and that they will be there to help fight whatever needs to be there, then I'd say, yeah, you can do that. So once you dispel the or exercise the the the, the demon or the the negative spirit, uh, is is there any chance that they'll come back and cause more more havoc to the poor family? There can be. Um, whenever we do something like that, we always keep in contact with our clients. Um, you know, we'll keep in contact with them. We'll ask them, "Is everything quiet? Did anything else happen?" And then we decide what to do from there. If nothing else happened, great. Um, You know, and a lot of the times when something, you know, we do that, the client will go and they'll get into, you know, their belief has changed and, you know, they've changed things in their lives. Hello? Attached to somebody Mm -hmm. or goes after somebody or whatever. There's something going on in their life that triggered it. Would uh, alcohol, drugs, um, uh, a bad marriage, would that bring a negative entity or, or a demon into a house? It could. In your opinion, what is the number one cause for a demonic possession? Um, thinking negative. Um, thinking that everything is hopeless. Hmm. Depression. Uh, depression is a big one. Yeah. And, you know, demons are tricky. I mean, they can promise you anything and everything, and they'll make you believe it. So so how do you know what the demon is really up to? Um, I mean, to me, demon, demons aren't good. They're just, they're not good. They're, okay. they're called demons for a reason. They always have... Some agenda that is going to bring somebody down. Is there a difference between a demon and a negative spirit? There is. Um, demons are more evil. Um, a negative spirit can be just as bad as a demon, but they're not 
capable of doing a lot of things like a demon would do. Like a demon can possess somebody, mm-hmm. whereas an evil spirit wouldn't be able to do that. All right. So, in your opinion, based on how long have you, how long has your team been doing this? Many years. <laughs> well, how many? As many years. Um, well, we. I mean, we've each had to do our own little thing before we all came yeah. together. All right. So, how long have you been doing this professionally? I've been doing this since I was eighteen. Okay. In this t- in that time, from the time you were eighteen to now. How many demons would you say that you yourself have been responsible for getting rid of and helping people? Um, I would say over 15. Wow. Um, do demonic entities and, and other aspects of the paranormal cross over? They can. Where would a demonic entity traverse to? Would it go into a haunting? Would it go into a poltergeist? Um, it, it depends. Um, it actually depends on where it's at. Um, we've we've ran into some of them in parks, mm-hmm. which are just regular parks that during the day kids go and play and have a wonderful time. At night is a whole different story. Um, we've, we've dealt with a couple of them there. Um, we've dealt with a couple of them in public places like hospitals, uh, library, uh, you know, if it's public, anything can go in it. Um, Why, why would these, why would these negative entities only, only come out at night, so to speak, you know, in a, in the park, for example, yeah. Some don't. Some are there all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they don't come at just night. There are some that have, you know, they show up during the day. Um, it just, it depends on what is going on in that situation at the time. But so it depends on when they show themselves. All right. All right. Well, uh, why I was asking about the daytime was you were saying that children were playing in the park and everything was okay. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't the demon not interact with the child who is young, who is innocent, who is open to everything? Children are, they're pure. And you Mm -hmm. would think they would be more subjective to that. But a lot of times we've ran into, you know, talking to some children who have seen things like that. Mm Mm-hmm. They've said, oh, well, we see it, and, you know, they'll, they'll describe what they see, and they're, they're, they basically will say, oh, well, yeah, I saw this, and it had this face on, and it was, you know, this evil-looking face, and they stay away from it. They don't, and then they go, and then they start playing again, and they totally ignore it. So, innocence is bliss. Yes. Let's talk about the the different approach that you and your team would take between investigating a, a demonic presence compared to a regular ghost. How do, how do the investigations differ? Okay. Well, when we first get a call mm-hmm. or somebody contacts us, um, we ask a bunch of questions. Um, you know, we have a list of questions to ask, like, 
When is it, when are they normally active? Um, do you smell any smells? If you do, what are you smelling? Mm -hmm. um, you know, did you see this person? You know, what did you see if you saw something? You know, it's just like a bunch of questions that we ask. Um, and then we just, you know, we'll, we'll finish our conversation with our client. Then we meet as a group and we go over what, you know, they had said, and it's, sometimes it's hard to say, okay, it's just a regular haunting or it's a demon. Um, we're, when we go to investigation, we're prepared for the worst, hmm. just so that we're prepared for it, you know, and it could easily be just, you know, a simple spirit, which would be great, you know, for us, because it's, you know, easy to, to find it and... Mm -hmm. You know, so we, we hope that we get it to act it with us. And, you know, it's a different way we deal with things than if it was demonic. And normally if it's demonic, we will know because it will some shape or form do things. Um, you know, we've, we've been in situations where we've gone thinking, oh, it's just a regular spirit and then the spirit turns and we get our hair pulled, we get pushed, uh, we get our clothes, you know, uh, tugged on, we've got scratches, you know, and then it's like, okay, wait, there's something more going on here. Certainly would sound like that. Um, so... The investigation up until a certain point is, is the same in both circumstances. Now, we've yeah. got to take our commercial break for the news at the bottom of the hour, so please stand by. And Exxon Nation, we're talking to a young lady by the name of, are you ready for this, Exxon Nation? Shonda Murillo. And uh, she is the CEO and uh, investigator with Lunatic Divine Ghost Hunting Paranormal Investigations in Balin, New Mexico. And if you'd like to find out more about Shonda and her team, visit lunaticgdivineghosthunting.weebly.com. Oh my gosh, this is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Canadian News Network, and on Simul Radio and Simul TV. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, TV, And Shonda and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue to investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology in our 31st year from our studios and corporate offices in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
Welcome back, everyone. Shonda Morello is our special guest this hour. She's with Lunatic Divine Ghost Hunting Paranormal Investigations. And uh, for more information on Shonda and her team and what they do, what they've done, and how you can contact them, visit lunaticgdivineghosthunting.weebly.com. Okay, so uh, I understand that you and your team have done a number of investigations, and uh, on your website, You've listed a one, two, three, four, five, six of them. And I was wondering if you could tell us about your investigation with the Rosedale Circle client. <laughs> That's where I live. <laughs> ah, so tell us about your home. <laughs> uh, my, my home is interesting, okay. Um, I moved in here. I rent my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been here 11 years. Um, I've actually had other ghost hunting teams come out to um, check out my home. Um, and they've all told me pretty much the same thing. Uh, we won't go back. Um, I, I, you know, okay. Um, I know that before I moved in here, um, somebody put, uh, hex bags in my walls. Um, so I think that had a lot to do with what was going on in here. Um, but we have all kinds of things. Um, we hear footsteps up and down my hallway uh, we hear little kids laughing. Uh, things get moved that weren't where we put them. Um, we have the lights flickering. We've caught a bunch of stuff on our cameras. Um, it's been interesting. So the hex bags that people put in the walls, why would somebody do that to somebody else? I, you know, I really don't know why they were put here. Um, I honestly, I have no idea. In fact, um, when I brought it up to my landlady, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, some were found, she didn't know anything about it either. Um, not that it bothers me any, I, right. you know, I, I, I know mm-hmm. how to deal with them. So, um, that wasn't a problem. They've been removed since then. So... <laughs> What, what happens in your house? Like when other ghosts uh, and when other paranormal investigators come to a house and they don't want to go back, must be really bad. Um, well, you know, I had one, com- one company came in. Mm-hmm. Um, they did an investigation. They said I had a very racist ghost um, because he said some really, you know, bad words, the N-word, uh, things uh-huh. like that. And I told him I know, I know who that is. Um, I have a Confederate soldier in my house. Um, he does not like black people at all, at all. Um, and he, whenever, you know, we would have a friend come over mm-hmm. that was black, they make themselves known they're here. Um, and so, you know, I, I do have a Confederate soldier. I, I have two children in my home. Um, I have a little girl and a little boy. Right. Uh, the little boy's a little bit more... Uh, violent than the, the, the little girl. The little girl mm-hmm. likes to play games. Um, she likes to play around. Um, you know, she's she's interesting. I, I love her dearly. Um, she's fun to play games with. Um, so I have her. We have one that just likes to move things around. Um, I have an old man that lives in my garage that is very mean. He hasn't hurt anybody, but he lets you know he's there. Um, he just stays there. 
Um, so it's, it's been quite interesting in my home. Um, why why would there be a Confederate soldier in your home? You know, I, I have no idea, to be honest. Hmm. Um, you know, the history of my, my property doesn't even go with that. Right. Um, but, but, I, uh, but I understand, based on the, uh, the information that you were kind enough to send us, that, you, that you're, you're a medium or a psychic. Is there any way that you could... Is there any way that you could communicate with him and, and get these answers? Um, he has, and you know, and I've, I've we've tried to ask him why mm-hmm. are how are you even here? Right. Uh, and and he said that when he, you know he had family here in oh. this area, and that's why he was in this area. Um, he was looking for his family. He just hasn't been able to find them yet. But without a name, I can't look into help, trying to help find his family. Um, so, you know, I mean, we call him George. That's what he likes to be called, but I don't, right. you know, I, I don't have any last names or anything like that that I can go by. Is George simply a spirit? Has he manifested himself to you or any member he of your has, family? actually. Um, he has shown himself a couple of times. And he's very young, mm-hmm. um, very young looking. Um, he wears the gray suit. He, you know, he doesn't mean any harm, and he likes to walk up and down my hallway in between the bedrooms, um, and to him, that's, that's him doing his daily night walk, as he puts it, um, to make sure everything's okay. So help, help me understand this. If George is looking for his family in that area where you live, mm-hmm. he hasn't found the family yet, why does he stay in your house? He may like it here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't care what's in my house mm-hmm. as long as I don't hurt anybody that lives in my home. Um, I have a lot of, I have haunted items that are in my home. Um, and, you know, that's my agreement. You can be here as long as you don't hurt anybody, but you hurt anybody in my home, you're out. What kind of haunted, haunted articles do you have in your home? Um, I actually have five dolls that are haunted. Wow. Are they like the ones we see on TV that the heads spin and the eyes open and close by themselves? And One does, yes. She, um, in fact, she's, it's quite funny. I use her for Halloween decorations outside, but I have to literally tie her down because um, <laughs> she will end up walking away. Um, we found her one year in the neighbor's yard. Scary thing. <laughs> but how, how do you explain she, that? How do you explain that? Something that is not real, and I I don't mean that the doll's not real, I mean that it's not a living entity, can actually get up and walk away. Um, Is it possessed? I I would say there's something in her. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, she's pretty much basically made it known that she's a demon. Um, You know, we have a lot of EVPs um, that we've done with recordings that she has come across. Uh, she gave us her name. Um, What's her name? Jezebel. And did you do any research on Jezebel to see what I her story did, is? Yeah. Actually, and it does it does um, it does pinpoint um, you know in demonology Jezebel was a demon that mm-hmm. you know she was in the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. She was considered bad as it was. Um, she was a liar. She was a prostitute. 
Um, she did some pretty evil things. And yeah. so I don't know really if that's the Jezebel that is in my doll or not. Um, we just kind of take it as that's who it is. And, you know, she doesn't hurt anybody in the house. She kind of keeps to herself. And, you know, when she's not being used for tied down outside for Halloween decorations, <laughs> um, she isn't, she's in like a salt container. To protect yourselves against her. Yes. Fascinating. What other kind of uh, haunted articles do you have beside the five dolls? Um, I do have a couple Ouija boards. I can't really say they're haunted. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just something that I use every once in a while. I do not take them on investigations. Um, but I have them. Why do you think Ouija boards have got such a bad rap from people when they're sold in toy stores? And, you know, that's an ongoing debate. Yeah. Um, What's your take? You're the expert. I would say on a Ouija board, I would not have somebody who doesn't know what they're doing play with one. Hmm. Um, you have to have some type of knowledge on it. You have to know, you know, kind of the history of a Ouija board, right. what they're used for, how they're used. And you have to understand that not everything that comes across that board is going to be true. So how do you tell the difference between the lie, the deception, and the truth? Um, it's, you kind of got to take it with a grain of salt. Um, you, you know, use a lot of salt in your life, board, don't you? you? When you're talking to something mm -hmm. on the board, you're not sure if it's a good spirit or an evil spirit. You can ask. Most of the time they're going to lie and say, oh, we're a good spirit. Um, they might give you something to, that is true mm -hmm. for you to believe in them. Um, so, you know, it's, it's kind of... When I use it, it's only to ask certain questions that I may need answered. And whenever I get the answer, it's like, okay, well, this was said. Let's try to find truth in this. Do you also use other forms of divination like tarot cards, crystal balls, or stones, the runes? Um, I'm not with investigations. Um, I have my own set of tarot cards. Mm -hmm. I do have a crystal ball, actually. Um, I have all of those, actually, um, but that's because of my belief. Um, right. So I can't really say, you know, I don't use them when it comes to doing an investigation. So are, are you considered, uh, or do you practice Wicca or witchcraft as well? I do. So so you're a, you, you cover the entire spectrum. Um, I try. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, you know, and, 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 you know, a lot of people give me a lot of, you know, they, they like to argue with me because mm -hmm. I, do, I am a witch. Um, I consider myself a witch. Um, are are you an independent witch or do you belong to a coven? Um, I don't, actually. Um, I, I The people I'm around that are, are you know, that have the same beliefs as mm -hmm. me, we I guess you can call us a coven, but we're not really a coven. Now, um, now, the other members of your family, since they're part of your of your group, are they also part of the craft? No. No. Not all of them, no. Only some of them. Um, but, you know, it's, it's my belief. But I also believe there's a God, so... Um, well, in, in, in Wicca and witchcraft, there are many gods. Yeah, um, I don't... For me, I don't believe in just one God. Um, you know, like... He cat or or any of them, 
Um, I don't actually pray to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I do believe there is a God and, you know, he is the creator of all, you know, like you would hear in church. Right. Um, I'm very unique as they put it. Well, let me ask you that. Let me ask you this, because you're an ordained minister, mm-hmm. how does this, how does this fare with your Wicca or witchcraft beliefs and, and your actions within the craft or a coven? Um, it actually, I, I've never run into any problems whatsoever. Um, you know, a lot of the times when I use my, or the ordained mm-hmm. thing, it's, it's to marry people. Um, I do a lot of weddings. Yeah. You, you also have a company called Wedding Bliss, right? Yes. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, I do, I do weddings. Um, I can bless water, mm-hmm. make holy water, um, you know, things like that. It really doesn't interfere with anything else and I don't mix them so um you know it's I'm, I'm, I'm unique I guess you could put it that way I'm different <laughs> all right stand by you and I have to take our final break uh, but exonation before we go to our break just reminding every one of you that these are COVID days please wear your mask and also practice social distancing now wherever you live each municipality each province And each part of Canada and certain parts of the United States have rules and regulations when it comes to groups and gatherings. Please follow the rules and regulations of your local authorities. They know what is best. They are working their very hardest to bring this horrible disease that is claiming lives. More people are contracting the COVID virus. The numbers are going up instead of going down. And like our prime minister said yesterday, that We're very close to closing the door, and if we don't act right, we're going to close it with the COVID being on the wrong side, and it's going to be bad for all of us. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone with our guest, Shonda Morello. And if you'd like to find out more about Shonda and her group, Lunatic Divine Ghost Hunting Paranormal Investigations, their website is lunaticgdivineghosthunting.weebly.com. I was waiting for so long for a miracle to Welcome back, everyone. This is the X-Zone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Our guest is Chandra, and uh, she is with Lunatic Divine Ghost Hunting Paranormal Investigations. And their website is lunaticgdivineghosthunting.weebly.com. Chandra, 
how do you get rid of ghosts? You know, I've, I've heard of some people do smudging, other people help them cross to the other side. How do you, as a, as a paranormal investigator, how do you decide which is the best method to help this spirit, if they want to be, crossed into the other side? Um, I would talk to the client first um, and see, you know, what they would feel comfortable with. Um, we've done a lot of smudging. Um, that's not a problem. It's one of the services we offer. Um, so we've done that a couple times, and that has helped. Um, we've also done a, you know, it's like kind of like a candle magic. Um, it's a little different, but it, that's helped too. Um, it, it very, it really depends on the person that lives in the where or our client basically, because um, we really don't like to step on their toes. So, you know, we. We don't want to do something that they don't believe in or would go against their beliefs. So we talk to them before we do anything. One of the cases that you and your team have done is the bunker. Yes. Now, I understand that the police found a dead body in there that it used to be used by the military. Since then, it has been uh, demolished or is no longer in use. Tell us about that investigation. That sounds like a real creepy one. Um, okay, so the bunker is up on one of the mesas out here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was used by the military. They pulled everything out. They closed off the lower levels, so you can't get in the lower levels at all. Um, and, you know, it was just left abandoned. Um, people go out there and party all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, some people go out there and do, you know, satanic rituals. Um, there's evidence of that. Um, it, you know, and a lot of, a lot of people would say, oh, we hear voices all the time out there. Um, we see things that we're not sure. So we went out there. Um, we set up our equipment. Uh, we did get a few things, um. We got a couple male voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, you can tell, probably didn't even know what time period they were in now. Um, you know, they were doing radio checks, and it was all military-coded. Um, so I'm pretty sure they were just reliving something, you know, before they died. Um, and so we got a couple of those. We got... We, you know, we had gotten something that told us to leave. Uh, we've got some orbs. We caught a black figure. Um, it was very interesting. We've had things thrown at us over there. Um, so it's been interesting out there. Um, it's it, you know, and it's really hard sometimes because it there's a lot of noise out there. Um, you know, there's a lot of houses over there, so you have to distinguish. Is it somebody from a house you're hearing, or is it something, you know, that's right where you're at? Tell me about your degree in cryptozoology. That's a fun, I loved that class. Um, you, you know, I learned about things that you weren't, you weren't quite sure are there. Um, you know, it's the unknown. Um, and it's not just, oh, well, it's, you know, it's, you know, a Bigfoot or, or a chupacabra or anything like that. It it's part of it, but it's basically you learn about the unknown. Um, 
there are things out there that have never been seen before and people don't know about them. Um, and so, you know, they would call a cryptozoologist to go and check it out. And that's how we figured what is really out there. Um, so I, I love my degree. Um, it, it's helped in my investigations, though, because, um, you know, sometimes it's not a spirit that's out there. It's an animal. And you have to look for certain signs like footprints, um, scratches, you know, the way things walk to, you know, kind of figure things out. Now, in Florida, they have the skunk ape. In the Pacific West, they have Bigfoot or mm -hmm. Sasquatch. What do you people have in New Mexico? We have a lot of things. Um, there have been uh, some people that have seen night terrors. Um, there hasn't been any photographs of one, um, but they consider them night terrors. They are creatures with long nails. They like to scratch things up. Um, you know, there was a family that actually was haunted by one. Um, we have the skinwalkers. We have, uh, they're called tylacons. They're like big, giant birds. Um, those are down south of New Mexico. Um, you know, we've, we've got quite a few things. We do have, there's been cases of the chupacabra here. Um, it's, we have a lot. <laughs> Uh, what kind of investigations have you done personally with your team on cryptozoology? Um, well, you know, we had one incident where the lady was living by the river. Uh, we went out by the river. We, you know, we weren't sure what we were seeing. Um, mm -hmm. It was really hard because what we were seeing was, you know, hiding behind trees. Um, so we weren't quite sure. Um, we're not. 100% sure what kind of creature it was because um, we could never get a good picture of it um, if we did catch anything that was blurry so it, mm -hmm. you know and we couldn't get it clear enough to say okay this is what this is so I mean we have our opinion um, but that doesn't really say anything because, you know, it's an opinion and we're not 100% sure. So we kind of keep that as, you know, well, we can't say that's facts. But, you know, something was there. Um, we're just not sure exactly what it was. So, so everything keeps you really busy being, um, you know, running the, the lunatic, divine, ghost hunting, paranormal investigations, mm -hmm. doing the wedding bliss. Um, how many different uh, books or, or Kindles do you have up on Amazon? I, you know, I, I have was, I was, 21. I was surprised when they gave me the list. I'm saying, where does this lady have time to do anything? Um, yeah, and I, I write about different subjects. I don't pick one, mm -hmm. one certain gene to write about. I write about everything. I've wrote some on ghost hunting. Mm -hmm. um, I have one on ghost hunting. I have one um, that are, uh, you know, crypt, crypt, cryptos in New yep. Mexico. Um I wrote a book on that. I've wrote a book on Bigfoot, um, Skinwalkers. Mm -hmm. You know, I just write about different things. I, I like to write, so that's what I like to do. Um, and other than that, the only other thing I really do a lot of is the uh, missing person agency that I have going. 
How did you get started in that? Um, my son went missing. Oh, heavens. Did um, Was he found? He was. Um, that's how I got started. Um, you know, he, he ran away. Um, I had to find him. I tried to work with the police department, but they kind of, he's a teenager, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I pretty much did everything on my own. Right. Um, and since then, you know, I've, I've, we found quite a few people. Um, we found lots and lots of teens that have gone missing. Um, we found some adults that had gone missing. Uh, we've, we've been at it since 2017. Well, good for you. Good for you. Congratulations. Um, you're, you're, you're very busy. You know, you, you do your, your writing, you do the investigations, you do the, you know, the missing persons. It's, it's just, wow. I, I don't know where you find all the hours in the day to do it. Um, we, we, so you took your first course, uh, you, you graduated with a degree in 2001, and then in 2002, what did you do, these back-to-back? Yes. And they were within the Western New Mexico University, right? Yes. Um, I, when I graduated from high school, mm-hmm. um, I got, a, I got a, um, a scholarship. I went to Western University. Um, I went down there, was, wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then I started taking criminal justice classes. Um, so I was taking that. Um, I met my husband at the time down there. Um, I lived down there for 10 years. Um, I, I, you, you said you said Western University, right? Mm-hmm. I thought it was the Western New Mexico University. Um, they've changed their name yeah. like twice. Yeah, well, we, we know that it started off in uh, 1893 as Dorman School, then it changed to New Mexico State Teachers College, then mm-hmm. New Mexico Western College, and then in 1963 it changed to Western New Mexico University. And that brought up an interesting point, because your certificates are signed by the president, Dr. Joseph Shepard, right? Yes. But he wasn't named uh, president of the university until 2011. Yeah. So how do you have certificates that are signed by a president going back to 2001, 2002, when he wasn't president of the university? Um, that is because the original ones were lost, mm-hmm. and I had to go get new ones, and they had to re-sign them, so they had him sign them. But they have no record there. Uh, they had record of, from me being there. But they don't offer criminal. Uh, they don't offer cryptozoology courses or demonology courses. Um, the, the the time that I did the the classes, um, they had them there. Um, so I did take them and I, you know, I don't, I don't know much about the college anymore. So I, they may have ended them. Okay. Because Craig checked out with admissions today, because when we got your certificates, the, the information that, uh, you know, it was the Western university of New Mexico and we checked, we couldn't find anything like that, but we found Western New Mexico university. Uh And after checking with their admissions office, they had no records. They couldn't, they couldn't collaborate any of the information pertaining to these two certificates. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's where I got them from. I mean, they're the ones that sent me, to the, sent me them. Yeah. 
And you went and did these on campus or were these online? I was in campus. Wow. All right. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show tonight and uh, sharing your experiences and Nation. if you'd like to get more information about uh, this group. Lunatic G Divine Ghost Hunting.weebly.com. And by the way, we have sent copies of the certificates to uh, the university, and they're going to uh, send us back an email, and we'll let you know what happens. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Uh, my goodness, where does time go? Here it is, the end of the hour, and guess what? Is that Queen I hear? Yes, it is. Craig, what are they playing? Another one bites the dust. No, really? Mm, I had a funny feeling this one was nothing else but a bunch of bunk. I don't know, Craig. Why do they keep sending us stuff that we can authenticate as bogus? Certificates are signed by, one says certificate degree in it, and the other one says certificate signed by a president who wasn't the president of the university in 2002 or 2001. Talk about paranormal. We'll be back. Don't go away. Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.